Good morning, Idaho. Hope you're having a wonderful morning, afternoon, or evening, depending on when you're listening. Welcome to the Local Yokel Idaho podcast, where we talk about what is going on in the wonderful state of Idaho. This week, I will be discussing the exhibit Glenn Beck is bringing to Idaho, the excellent news about rent prices, and what AI thinks about Idaho. Join me for the morning banner and weekly facts, but if you're short on time and prefer to skip the banter, you can now use the new timestamp that is in the description to jump straight to the stories. Welcome to the morning banter. Thank you that you stayed through and listened to me here. Hope you guys had a great week. I know it's kind of a week in the past and things fade quickly, but I wanted to touch on Memorial Day that was kind of last week. I recorded the episode before I did my whole memorial stuff. Hopefully you guys had a good time. Maybe went hiking or fishing or some different stuff. I know people usually go for trips or take more of a longer holiday off. I've been tempted to do that some years, but I just haven't pulled the trigger on it usually. I just do something just the day of memorial and go by my uh, great grandpa's grave. But I did have a fun one this year. Um, hopefully you guys got to see the Warhawk uh, flyover that they did of the Treasure Valley. I think there was four planes in the formation. I can't remember all of them, but I think one of them was a P-51D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a P-51D. And that was cool to see. I got to see them fly through the uh, Nampa area there. And I took my siblings there and it was great. It was really cool to see. Very quick, very short, not as quite as grand as like some air shows and different stuff that I've been to, if you guys have been to that. Um, But still really cool and really beautiful to see them kind of fly over. But then the rest of the day, I went out for a hike over by Melba and I should be out there more. The hike we did, it was was a little hard getting in. It's kind of over by that uh, cow farm that's over there, I think. And uh, I, it, it was tricky. I don't have the most uh, off-roady car, we'll put it that way. But we got into there and hiked. And the rock formations you guys have out there in Melba are really, really pretty. I mean, I've been out to Melba before, but not kind of in your backcountry area there. But it, w- it was really, really pretty. It got pretty hot towards the end. It was weird. Like when we got into the canyon that we were hiking and everything, it was actually cooler. Maybe that might have been the kind of stream or creek that was kind of going through there. But when we came back out, it was so much hotter. But that might have been my perception when we were kind of finishing up the last bit of the hike. But it was really, really pretty and I really, really enjoyed it. But on that topic, something that I know we talked about in the past and a lot of people in kind of the uh, Canyon County area will probably be interested in this. When we were driving to Melba, me and a couple friends, we went past the Givens Hot Springs and we decided to stop there because I think if some of you may remember, they had the roof that like collapsed in on itself and um, there were people in the pool and it was a whole big issue and thing. Um, And I decided when I was driving past there to drop by and kind of see kind of what had happened. Um, right now they're not open right now. So this is as of, you know, last memorial traveling through, uh, there's no one there. They have some pictures or signs on the door there to tell you that, um, it looks kind of abandoned. If I'm being honest, I really hope that's not the case. The sign on the front says, you know, they're working on it. Um, they're trying to do repairs and are hoping to be open like this fall or something, but it does have kind of a little bit of an abandoned feel, which is kind of sad. I really hope they can get it together and fix it. But for the most part, we walked around the whole thing. It looks like they're just kind of clearing the rubble and pulling out. There's a bunch of ladders and different stuff. Um, but it was kind of sad because yeah, it just, it looked abandoned, but there's kind of an update of the Givens hot springs there. Um, but then coming into June here, I don't know if about you guys, but I am really looking forward to doing more hiking. I know that's my thing. I don't know about you, but with like the warmer weather coming and kind of melting off a little bit more of the snow caps and stuff so that we can go hiking further north. I'm really, really looking forward to it. I mean, I think it was this last Thursday, maybe it wasn't Thursday, maybe it was this week. 
Well, yeah, yeah, it's this week. I keep getting it mixed up when you're going to hear this and then what I'm doing and stuff. Um, but I went out and me and my sister went and hiked uh, Table Rock. I've done that before. But my goodness, it's really pretty over there right now. I usually have only hiked it when it gets hot and things kind of dry out a lot. But man, the amount of flowers that are kind of out and different stuff and the green and the foliage and things, it's super, super pretty out there. I should hike it more. I usually don't like to go on hikes that don't have a lot of shade or in the desert, you know, specifically uh, Table Rock. But this was really, really nice. I shouldn't give a bad rap if I'm being honest. It kind of changed my mind a little bit that I need to do some more trails over there in early spring rather than like the middle of summer where it's like, I am dying. I am being cooked alive. <laughs> but yeah, hopefully you guys had a fun memorial. If you have anything to share, please send it in. I'd love to chat or talk about it. If there's something really interesting that you went and saw that I don't know about, I'd love to talk about it on here. With that said, we'll get into the weekly facts. Starting off with Monday, Monday, the 5th of June, which is National Gingerbread Day. In 1967, the Six-Day War began between Israel, Egypt, Jordan, and Syria. In 1968, Robert F. Kennedy was shot three times and five others were wounded. As for birthdays, Monday is Mark Wahlberg's 51st birthday. As for deaths, in 1893, Mary Carey died. And in 2004, Ronald Reagan died. Then Tuesday, Tuesday the 6th of June, which is National D-Day and National Drive-In Movie Day. As for history, in 1716, the French transported the first African slaves to Louisiana. In 1882, the electric iron was patented by a New York inventor, Henry W. Wheeling. In 1944, D-Day began with 156,000 Allied Expeditionary Forces landing in Normandy, France. As for birthdays, Tuesday was Nathan Hale's and Robert Scott's birthday. And as for deaths, in 1956, Hiram Bingham died. In 1968, Robert F. Kennedy died. And in 2005, Anne Bancroft died. Next is Wednesday, Wednesday the 7th of June, which is National Chocolate Ice Cream Day and National Running Day. The two kind of balance them out a little bit. As for history, in 1867, Alfred Noble patented dynamite in England. In 1915, the HMS Lusitania was sunk by a German submarine off the coast of Ireland, killing 1,198 people. And then in 1945, German gave unconditional surrender to the Allies. As for birthdays, Wednesday was Robert Browning's, Johannes Brahms, and Gary Cooper's birthday. As for deaths, in 1896, H.H. Holmes died. And in 2000, Douglas Fairbanks Jr. died. Then Thursday, Thursday the 8th of June is National Best Friends Day. As for in history, in 1783, James Madison introduced the proposed Bill of Rights to the House of Representatives. And in 1896, Ives McGaffney patented the first vacuum cleaner. As for birthdays, Thursday was Frank Wright's birthday and is Kanye West's 45th birthday. As for deaths, in 1845, Andrew Jackson died. In 1859, Walter Hunter died. And in 1966, Joseph A. Walker died. 
Friday, Friday, the 9th of June is National Movie Night and National Donald Duck Day. As for history, in 68, Roman Emperor Nero committed suicide. In 1650, the Harvard Corporation was established, making it the first legal corporation in the Americas. And in 2019, over 1 million people protested in Hong Kong over proposed new extraditionary laws to China. As for birthdays, Friday is Michael J. Fox's 91st birthday, Johnny Depp's 59th birthday, and Natalie Portman's 41st birthday. As for deaths, in 1870, Charles Dickens died, and in 1927, Victoria Woodhull died. Then we have Saturday, Saturday the 10th of June, which is National Frosted Cookie Day, Dragonfly Day, and National Iced Tea Day. As for history, in 1898, the U.S. Marines landed in Cuba during the Spanish-American War. In 1963, the U.S. Equal Right Pay Act was signed by John F. Kennedy. In 1977, Apple computers shipped the first Apple II computers. And in 2003, the Spirit rover was launched by NASA to explore Mars. As for birthdays, Saturday was Prince Philip's and Judy Garland's birthday, and it is also Bill Burr's 54th birthday. As for deaths, in 1967, Spencer Tracy died, and in 2004, Ray Charles died. Lastly, we come to Sunday, Sunday the 11th of June, which is National Children's Day. As for in history, in 1776, the Continental Congress created a committee to draft a Declaration of Independence. It had Thomas Jefferson, John Adams, Benjamin Franklin, Roger Sherman, and Robert R. Livingston as members. In 1960, JFK said, segregation is morally wrong and this is, quote, a time to act, end quote. And in 1987, Margaret Thatcher was the first British prime minister in 160 years to win a third consecutive term. As for birthdays, Sunday was Gene Wilder's and Henry Hill's birthday and is Hugh Lowry's 63rd birthday. As for deaths, in 1979, John Wayne died and in 2003, David Brinkley died. Now moving into the news here with our first news story, Glenn Beck comes to Idaho with museum exhibit. This comes by the East Idaho News by Rhett Nelson. Glenn Beck, which many of us know from his conservative political commentary, also has a museum based in Dallas, Texas. It is called Blueprints of Liberty and is according to the website a museum that quote, features an amazing collection of American historical artifacts worth over $75 million with a focus on American history from Christopher Columbus to the space race, end quote. Mr. Beck is bringing part of the museum to Idaho for an exhibit. Several of the historical items included will be the first draft of the Declaration of Independence, documents related to the Roe v. Wade case, the 1977 Darth Vader mask, and Hitler's signed orders from D-Day. The exhibit will start at the West Side High School in Dayton, Idaho. On July 7th and 8th, the profits will go to the local school and public library fund. Then on July 22nd, it will move to the Weston City Park with a parade, games, and a free fireworks show. Finally, it will be at the Colonial Theater in Idaho Falls for the Tri-County Sheriff's Association fundraiser. All in all, it sounds like a really, really interesting exhibit. If it wasn't so far away, kind of in eastern Idaho for me here in the Treasure Valley area, because I have to be careful with money at the moment and things and 
hotels and all that and everything. I would go to it, but for you guys over there in Eastern Idaho, highly would recommend trying to drop by. I didn't even get the whole gist of everything that he's going to have there with the exhibit and stuff. I mean, they're not bringing the whole museum and stuff, um, but it seems like they're bringing a huge chunk of it and a lot of really, really interesting things. Um, I would love to see it. And if you're a history buff, I would probably recommend it. It looks like it'll be something really cool. It's also interesting to see that he's going to be doing it like a couple different venues and stuff and kind of traveling around from, you know, you got the high school in Dayton and trying to use that to be something to help uh, the local school there and the library and then moving it kind of a little bit more of a public venue. I don't know if the parade games and fireworks things is something that's like specifically tied to it that they're doing it because he's coming into town with it. Or if that's something completely separate that the exhibit would be there when that came. Um, it always also makes sense to see that he's kind of doing it with the Tri-County Sheriff's Association fundraiser type of thing. Um, granted, I don't know what his association is with that. I mean, conservative, I get it. And, you know, he's trying to support more conservative because Idaho is a pretty conservative place and stuff. But I didn't know that, he, that people here in the... I didn't know people here in Idaho had so much of a connection um, with Mr. Beck that they would have that type of thing going on, but apparently so, which is cool to see, and hopefully you guys over there in eastern Idaho can benefit from it. Next up, on a little bit of a scarier note, cyber attacks hits two eastern Idaho hospitals. This comes by KTVB7 by Associated Press. This last week, two eastern Idaho hospitals, Idaho Falls Community Hospital and Mountain View Hospital, were hit by a cyber attack on Monday. The attack caused some clinics to close, ambulances to be diverted to nearby hospitals, and the hospital's cafe to only accept cash. The hospital's information, the hospital's information technology staff identified the attack and immediately acted to limit the impact and keep all patients' information safe and secure. Hospital is still working to fully recover from the attack on Friday. As it stands right now, both hospitals have remained open and have been able to care for patients safely. It is suspected that the type of attack was a ransomware one. It is the type of malware that locks an organization's files and demands payment to unlock them. However, I could not find any info to confirm that that was the type of attack that happened. Which really, really scary to hear, but I know hospitals and stuff, because I have some friends and family and stuff that work for them, have to be super, super stringent about this and how employees and coders and different stuff, anyone interacting with the hospital system has to be really, really careful of not letting them get hacked and different things. Um, because stuff like this can happen. Apparently, they're a really big target. Um, I could see kind of a little bit why, because there's such a need for those systems to be running and stuff. And so if you put a ransomware type of hardware on there and you say, hey, I'll take it off if you pay me or whatever, then you can get large amount of money and different things because you need the hospitals. They need to be running and stuff. So that makes sense to a certain point why they would be targeting it. But I don't know why they had a breach here. They didn't go into that. I'm going to guess it's some employee thing because usually whenever it happens to something like this it's not technically an engineering or a security thing usually breaches and stuff like of this nature and other things i feel like anything be it not cybersecurity or even just physical security usually come as a result of people being people and making errors and mistakes and not being consistent or being bribed or different things. The human element is always the weakest element in systems like this or any security system. So it probably had something to do with either someone in the hospital giving them access or more likely someone making an error of leaving a passcode or someone else's personal computer getting hacking hacked where they then have their info out there and then the hackers were able to grab it and then have the access codes they needed or whatever else. 
but glad to hear they've been able to stay running. Granted, with a little bit of hiccups and different things, be able to help people, but hopefully we'll get back to full snuff here soon. Next one here is a fun one. I haven't been to the old one, but there's a new one there now. The new observatory opens at the Bruno Sand Dune State Park. This comes by KTVB7 by Sophia Bliss. For many of us, going over to the Bruno Sand Dunes and going down them in a sled or cruising around them in ATV is a regular weekend activity. But one thing most people don't know is that there is an observatory there that has been there for the past 25 years. Well, this last Thursday, the park got a brand new observatory. This facility stands at 470 feet tall and has a new telescope. Quoting the astronomer for the Bruno Dunes State Park, Greg Harmon, quote, the old telescope was really just for visual astronomy, and we got some really good views looking through it, but we couldn't do any kind of imaging with it. The new telescope has got several cameras attached. It got one wide angle, which is going to be for deep sky, galaxies, nebula, star clusters, then one for planetary, so looking at solar system objects, and you can do all the imaging, end quote. One of the coolest features of the new observatory is that it can project the images it takes onto the underside of the dome for a more immersive experience. The first show for the new telescope is expected to be on June 16th, and after that the program will be offered on Friday and Saturday nights. This sounds super, super cool. I know I'm kind of a nerd for space stuff. Granted, more of my forte is in like the rockets and the engineering and that and stuff. Not as much like you couldn't point to the sky and tell me, well, what's that constellation? What's this and everything? I, I can't do that. I should be able to do that since I love stuff about space and things. But if you show me a rocket and ask me the different type of combustion chamber it's kind of using to burn the fuel, what type of different fuel, what's its oxidizer and different things, construction, how it's what they're choosing to do, then yeah, I could do that more um, but when you're talking about the actual like solar system I kind of struggle with that but this is super cool I think I haven't actually been to the old one that was there I don't know if this is that they got like a brand new building or if they just changed the guts out from what it sounds like from the article they got like a brand new building and a brand new telescope and everything which I didn't even know they were working on I know the old one my family regularly tried to go do it but they get super booked out everyone wants to do it or a bunch of people anyways and it, you have to like schedule it several months in advance to try to get in and stuff. So who knows, maybe with this new one, they've like increased the space and everything so you can have more people in there. And thus it will cut down on those times for reserving in different things or how many people can get in there. If you're planning on taking a trip over there to the dunes and everything, then this might be a really cool thing to plan into your itinerary and to make sure that it's open. Next is a short, but I still thought it was worth talking about one, McCall Land Swap. This comes by the Boise Deb by Donde. For those of you who live in McCall area, you may have known about this. I for sure didn't. There was a portion of land near the Payette Lake that was going to be swapped to a private developer, but instead is going to be leased to the Valley County. Initially, Trident Holdings was going to give the state a huge area of unidentified timberland in northern Idaho in return for the area near Payette. But a group by the name of United Payette opposed the trade and is suing the state. Instead, the state has now made a deal with the county to lease the area. The county will be allowed to do, quote, non-commercial recreation, end quote, such as public trails, hunting, fishing, ATV riding, and much more. Granted, they will have to pay the Idaho Land Endowment $11,666.78 this year and $20,000 next year for the area. But cool to see that they're kind of opening up more public land area for people to do ATVing and trails and stuff and different hunting. I love hiking anyways, so the idea of having this is super, super cool. I was kind of looking on the map and I was like, oh yeah, that area, I haven't really been along that side of the lake that much. Huh, I wonder what's over there. So it'll be kind of interesting to see as they decide how to apply that and different things. I think in the article, 
article, they said the deal won't like fully go through until like 2025, maybe 2024. So I don't know if it's like it's sealed now, but that's when they have to start making payments or if that's when the county gets access and stuff. On the other hand, um, you've got kind of this activist group here that is decided that they don't want that to happen. I can understand you not wanting private industry to have stuff and things, but I feel like sometimes certain people in our society look at private industry as always being bad, like mean private industry, mean, you know, logging companies, mean, 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 this is bad, that's bad. And yes, there's a point where, yeah, they can do bad things because, you know, they're kind of looking only at their profits and not as much about what really is important that should be done or shouldn't be done. But we also shouldn't think that the government is a saint, that it has a habit of being like, well, it's my land and I'm just going to keep holding on to it. I'm going to keep holding on. I'm not going to give it up. Um, granted, I am curious of why the like state endowment, I, I think that's who owns the land or whatever. So that would be the state why they were so badly kind of wanting to get this off their hands or off to someone if there was something going on there or if the state, just the treasury is like, hey, we need some more money for this and that. So let's sell some lands. Let's liquidate some assets or whatever else. I'm not 100% sure the article didn't go into that. If someone out there really wants to do that and find that out for me, then please go for it and uh, come back to me and let me know what you find out because I'd be really, really curious to see why they were doing that. But in any case, the Valley County will have a new kind of recreational area there and the McCall area in general to kind of enjoy and explore now. Now moving on to something that could be exciting for some, but depressing for others or both at the same time. Rent prices are down in Boise. This comes by KTVB7 by Justin Kaur. One of the most depressing numbers for those in the Treasure Valley and the state in general is rent prices. It doesn't help when people can remember when rent prices were south of a thousand. But for once, there is good news on this topic. The cost of rent in the Boise area has decreased by 5.5% and even more at 5.9% down across Idaho since June of last year. This is good news for sure, but for those living in the Boise area where prices increased by 13.4% in 2020 and 17% in 2021, the 5.5% decrease helps but doesn't completely solve the problem. A lot of this has to do with the demand for houses in the area and there being a small pool of rentals that are available, so it drives up the prices due to demand, which I can admit kind of growing up in this and looking at trying to move out and go and get a place and stuff, it is definitely like, for me, I sit there and I think, oh, a thousand, okay, you know, that sounds about normal and stuff, and then I hear people describe how cheap, and from my perspective, right, growing up in this economy and things in the day and age I am, thinking about, wait, there was a time that you could get a rental property, a decent one, and it was like 400, 500, 600, something in there, or maybe upper that. So we'll say 800, 700. It just blows my mind. The idea of it being like that. I mean, I'd love it for being like that. I could actually move out and rent my own place and I could have a place, not an apartment, but a place. Sounds so, so nice to have in that idea. Granted, I would recommend probably buying a property more than renting. But with that said, there are a lot of people that do rent in Idaho. So seeing this kind of coming down a little bit, even if it's been so high the last couple of years is encouraging. Um, I don't know. I don't know enough about uh, rentals to know if this price increase applies to people that already have their rentals or if that's something that kind of depends on the rental. So I don't know if that means that the price decrease, the 5.5% applies to those that have rentals currently, or if that's for all the ones on the market. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sh super um, 
knowledgeable on that, but in any case, any decrease I think is good and cool to see that it's decreased across the entire state. You would think in kind of the economic terms right now that it would be worse, but I think that's just a testament to Idaho's economy of how well we're doing here, even though the rest of the outside world seems to be having its struggles right now in the United States. But just a little bit of encouragement there for the person that's looking to move out and trying to find a place that it is decreasing. We'll have to see if that continues, but hopefully it will increase in its decrease not lax and we get another jump in prices because that wouldn't be good for anyone. Now we come to the last of our full news stories. This one is a fun one. I try to save it for the last one. What AI thinks Eastern Idahoans look like. This comes by East Idaho News by Alex Lemoyne and Nate Sunderland. This story is not going to translate well over audio, so I recommend you check out the article and let me know your thoughts. But the East Idaho News decided to play around with some of the new generative AIs that make images. They asked AI to create an image of, quote, the most typical couple from various cities in Idaho, end quote. They used ChatGPT, but primarily used MidJourney AI to generate the images. Granted, MidJourney is still being worked on and is in open beta testing. The images they shared are the ones that turned out all right, not all the images that the AI actually generated. Now I'm gonna go through those and try to describe them and give you an honest reaction. I would highly recommend you kind of grab your phone and look at them. So while we're going through, I'm going to try to number them in the order that they had them in the article. So hopefully they keep them that way and I can kind of give you guys my reaction. Granted, I have seen these before, so it's not going to be anything crazy, but still kind of a recorded reaction in any case. But the first one here they have is, you know, a couple. They look like they're kind of at like a boardwalk or not a boardwalk. There's concrete and it looks like there's like a hotel off the side and you've got kind of old fashioned lamppost and got a bunch of people uh, parked along the road. You've got one gentleman on the right and then the gal on the left. The gal has her kind of her arm through his shoulder as he's kind of standing erect. He kind of has, I don't know what you call those hairdos. My brain is blinking it at the moment, but it's like uh, maybe beanie. It's when it's like tied up in the back or whatever. And then he's got a full bushy beard with a little bit of gray in it. And then she kind of has a blonde and it kind of looks like a modern little hippie design is the best way I describe it. The title that East Idaho News gave it was Idaho Falls. They used Midjourney AI to create it. I can't comment on Idaho Falls that much. A lot of these I'm going to struggle because I haven't been over in Eastern Idaho a ton. I want to change that going into the future. So I can't give you guys an honest opinion to be like, well, yeah, totally. Um, granted, I think there's one in here where it gets to Boise, but I'll kind of swerve through them here. Uh, the second one is Pocatello, Idaho. Um, you've got two guys. You got a guy and a gal because we're talking about couples here. They're kind of standing on the edge of the street. You got kind of a lamppost. You got a couple things in the background. You got some mountain ranges. Looks looks like something I would see in Idaho. It looks like maybe there's a uh, Walmart in the background. Um, she's blonde. He's brown. He's got like a plaid shirt on and then a checkered shirt underneath that. And she's kind of kind of got a like a leather uh, coat on, but not like the black one, kind of like the slightly scuffed up kind of a lightish tan and then like a bag or whatever. And she's holding some glasses and then she has ones. I think that's kind of <laughs> corrupted a little bit there where they, I was struggling, like some glasses hanging down through a chain or whatever. Um, nice looking image. I mean, I have to say both of these look really, really sharp. Granted, as I'm going through this, the first one seems a lot more like believable that it was really took it, taken. Um, the second one, I could see some errors and issues. Like why is the tag there on the button and stuff? There's like a logo that's kind of crossing over the button line. Um, and then you have the second or you've got the third one here. Um, it's for Rexburg, Idaho, also done my mid journey. 
Um, this one, very college-y looking. There again, I haven't been to Rexburg. Um, honestly, looks really, really good. Actually, if it was a real photo, would be really impressive. Kind of got the color grading just right. They're kind of sitting, or the photo actually looks like they're standing in the middle of the road and then there's a car on their right. I think it's kind of taking a little bit of inspiration from like college uh, graduation photos and different stuff. So normally you wouldn't be there to take that photo, but still pretty cool, the isolation, everything. Um, it's two people, they're younger, so college looking. The guy's got on like a t-shirt. It's a yellowish tan, whatever color. It's got some logos kind of blocked off. And then he also has a checkered shirt kind of word over it. And then you've got the gal on the right. She kind of has a denim hoodie or whatever and then a shirt and they're both wearing kind of jeans and she's leaning on his shoulder they look very very happy um good looking photo and then uh the fourth one is rigby idaho it's kind of an older couple the guy's got a cowboy hat he's got kind of one of those uh half vests on you know what i'm talking about it's a it's a vest but it's like a work active vest and you got the zipper and it kind of keeps you warm so those vests are awesome when you're doing yard work and different stuff out and about where you're like well i want my arms free but it's kind of crisp so you're wanting that then she kind of has a little bit of a hoodie type of thing on and leaning into him. He's got a little gray in the beard, a little checkered jeans, belt, you know, very, very country type of looking setup. Honestly, you kind of see this a lot in Caldwell and uh, Canyon County. Next one, number five is Blackfoot, Idaho. It shows kind of a Native American couple. I'm not going to try to describe that one in detail, but it looks like they got some trucks behind them and they're like out maybe shooting around the desert or something. Um, looks really cool and intricate. Granted, I don't know wholly the articles of clothing down here. It looks like his belt buckle is like a two duplicates. I don't know if that's, uh, something that like the natives have, or if that's just a glitch that the AI is struggling with. Uh, there again, the color and everything and the texture looks great, but there's probably a couple areas where it's struggling. And then you have, uh, Driggs, Idaho. I actually don't know where this town is. I haven't, uh, heard of it off the top of my head. But there's like a really cool like mountain range behind them and they're standing in like the sagebrush or whatever. They both got boots on. You've got the gal on the right, the guy on the left. They look like something you would see on the front of a homesteader magazine or whatever. I can't remember the one off the top of my head my mother used to get and stuff. Um, he's got a checkered shirt on. He's, they both got jeans. Honestly, one of the best ones in my opinion as I've been going through. I actually like this one the most. It also reminds me of a lot of people over here in Canyon County. Granted, the background is just drop-dead gorgeous. Next one is St. Anthony, Idaho, also made by Midjourney. It's an older couple. Honestly, it looks like you just took some people out of 1940 and you aged them a bunch. He's got his uh, blue coveralls and then he's got his uh, checkered button-up and she's got a dress and her purse and stuff. Granted, the thing that's kind of odd is like behind her, there's this like... Uh, looks like a lasso or something, but it doesn't show how it's attached to her in different things. So that's where I think the AI got a little bit. And then you got a kind of a house in the background and then you got the mountains and stuff. Very much something I would imagine seeing in Idaho. So the setting, I think it got right. The people, it's struggling a little bit. The fingers look a little bit mushy or puffy um, on it. The gal's hand at one point kind of looks like the guy's hand, the one that's hooked around. So kind of made a little bit of an error there. There again, haven't been here, so I can't judge if it's accurate or not. Next one, number eight, is Lava Hot Springs, Idaho. They're kind of, there's this couple that they're sitting next to Hot Springs. Um, they look very millennial, very 
hippie kind of look. Um, they both have, the gal's got kind of on these like sports leggings. The guy's on slippers. She has like a kind of a croc looking thing. Um, she's on the right. He's on the left. They're kind of at this resort type place. Um, and you've got different, uh, it looks really pretty. Lots of rock and different stuff going on. He almost looks like he has a knit type of sweater on or something. Looks good. I, I, I can't judge too much more on that. Uh, you got number nine which is Firth, Idaho, also made by Midjourney. Older couple looks like they're standing in front of the shed or something. Honestly, kind of looking at it, it looks very accurate, except for there again, kind of like the other older one. His fingers just look really, really puffy and really, really big. Um, I don't know if that's just characteristic of the... I, I don't know. That was the main thing that kind of jumped out at me in this image. But there again, the lighting looks great. Everything kind of matches up. The wrinkles on the clothing even kind of match where you would have dirt or soot. It's going to be on the pant legs. It's not going to be upper on that. Uh, number 10, Shelly, Idaho. Um, you got guys kind of got a really turned up Bryn cowboy hat. Um, kind of a plaid there again, vest. She has like a Columbia jacket and then like a wool or knitted sweater underneath that. Um, here again, this one looks like better. I think it's because the hands are hiding. AI seems to struggle a lot with like hands. Hands are a big difficulty for it, shall we say. Then we come to number 11, Arco Idaho, also made by Midjourney. Um, I actually take that back. This one is my favorite so far looking at it. You've got these like beautiful hills in the background. It almost looks like the foothills in Boise. I don't know where this town is. There again, another name I don't know. Um, I have to admit kind of for the fact that he's got the suspenders. Granted, looking at those, it's got one, two, three buckle points on it on the left suspender or my left, his right. Um, and that's not, you have only one, you've got the top bottom clasp, it's like the metal ring, and then you've got the adjustable buckles there. So that's kind of off. And then the lady, she's looking away from the camera, kind of off to the left. Maybe it decided to take a little bit more of an artistic angle. Granted, um, his hand looks a bit right. Oh, wait, no. When he's kind of coming around, it, it, it can't decide if it's wrapping around one side or if it's her hand or whatever else. So it kind of struggled with that. But the background looks really, really pretty. Um, there again, very much like something you'd see in Idaho. Number 12 is Twin Falls, Idaho, also mid-journey. It's kind of a couple staring off looking at the bridge there. Um, this one looks perfect, honestly. I'm trying to find details. I mean, the rock face might be a little off. I've also been there, so I can actually say looking at this in the canyon, it's not accurate if this is the bridge that I'm thinking of. Um, that there would be like the town right there and all that stuff. But I don't remember if you guys have a couple different bridges. Also, it's struggled with the trestle in there. There's a couple points where it's got it and then it forgets it and misses it. Um, but as for the people, it actually nails it and the close up. And then you have 13, which I can comment on, which is Boise, Idaho, um, also made by Mid Journey. And it's a very millennial looking couple. She's kind of got like a beret and he's got kind of a beanie tied up here. Very big mustache, very big beard. Um, he's got hiking boots on. She's got something similar, but a little bit more casual. He's kind of got some deep green kind of khaki or pants or something. Kind of a pinkish shirt and then kind of a painting mural tie dye shirt underneath that. Looking at it, I'm trying to figure out where this is in town. I mean, you've got the construction cranes, which is fitting for Boise right now with a lot of the big construction that they're doing in the area. 
Um, we got a couple cars. They're all black parked back there. Yep, that seems about downtown. It looks like they're trying for downtown. I can't recognize it 100%. It almost looks like the filling station that's over there by Table Rock and the old penitentiary, but this isn't the right setting for it. Um, as for the people, you can definitely find people like this. You'll usually not find them downtown. You'll find them at like Ann Morrison or Albertson's Parks, in my opinion, or at areas kind of near the Boise Bicycle Project or different kind of art studios and things. You definitely will. Granted, the vast majority of Boise people, I don't think, look like this. Granted, the trope of kind of people in Idaho, and I don't know if it's the rest of the state, but I know in the Treasure Valley anyways, of them always wearing a ton of hiking shoes that like there aren't as many sneakers or more. Everyone just wears hiking shoes. It's like, why would I have sneakers? I'll just wear hiking shoes so I can just go hiking when I want. It's very true. I can tell you for a bit, I was in that class where it was just like my hiking shoes is the most comfortable thing. I'll just wear those around and I just hiked and then I also had them on all the time. Granted, I blew through those shoes very, very quickly. Um, that's the last one. I think they have an, one in the article that I didn't go over having here that was of like the staff or whatever for the East Idaho News. I thought I'd just skip over that. You can look for yourself. But with that said, let me know what you think. Did you like them? What do you think of kind of this AI stuff? Is it good or bad? I've been tempted to use it to generate some like art or different stuff for the podcast because I am not artistic at all. Not images or pictures particularly, but like thumbnails for videos or backgrounds or different stuff or when we have the YouTube version of different things. I've thought about dinking around with it because it can create stuff that I would have to go pay an AI editor or not an AI editor. I'd have to go pay an artist to do and that would cost me way more money than I could afford right now. Um, so that's something I've thought about doing. I don't know if you guys really hate that idea, but it would cut down time and allow me to add a little bit more production value to the whole thing. But in any case, hope you found it interesting and let me know what you think of the photos. Um, if you think I'm weird or it's cool or it amazed you and you hadn't uh, seen, you didn't know AI could do something like this. Now, moving into the quickies. These are stories that I wanted to share with you guys, but weren't worth a full discussion and kind of dialogue. We'll blow through them real quick here. Schweitzer changes hands. This comes by the Quarter Lane slash Post Falls Press by Caroline Lobsinger. Up in Sandpoint, there is a ski resort by the name of Schweizer. It is one of the biggest and most popular ones up north there. But this Thursday, they made an announcement about their ownership. The resort has been sold to Altera Mountain Company, a large skiing resort operator. The sale is expected to close later this year. MKM Trust was the previous owner but has decided to sell the resort to focus on other business interests. Altera was chosen as the buyer because of its interest in operating skiing resorts and commitment to preserving mountain communities' authenticity. As for what this means for the resort and snow lovers, Altera plans to invest in the resort, including expanding terrain and adding new amenities. The sale will also include giving Schweitzer access to Altera's other resorts, which will also allow guests to ski and snowboard at multiple destinations with a single pass. Next is Idahoan race driver debut gets cut short. This comes by KTVB7 by staff. Last Sunday, a 20-year-old man by the name of Stingray Rob took part in the Indianapolis 500 auto race. He qualified for one of the final three spots for the race. This made him the first Idahoan since Davey Hamilton back in 2011 to qualify for the race. Sadly, though, on lap 91 of 200, he was running side-by-side -side with Graham Rahal and went high and lost control, slamming into the outside wall. He was not hurt and was able to get out of the car safely. In his words, quote, 
For myself, I think it was just an experience I wanted to check off my bucket list. I wanted to make the whole 500 miles, and if I did that, I did a good enough job, and we could move forward on the field, end quote. Rainbow Trout Stocking for Idaho. This comes by KTVB7 by staff. The Idaho Department of Fish and Game will stock roughly 265,000 catchable-sized rainbow trout throughout the state in June. In addition to the rainbow trout, Idaho Fish and Game will also stock tiger trout in multiple Idaho waters next month. In the article, the Idaho Fish and Game highlights what places they'll be stocking and how many this June. It would take me far too long to go over in the podcast, but KTVB7 has made a very nice cheat seat so you can see which areas are getting stocked and how much. Then moving up into the mountains here again, we have Bogus Basin open for the summer. This comes by KTVB7 by Zach Armstrong. Bogus Basin has recently shared that it will be open for the summer season starting Friday, June 23rd. There are many fun activities available for everyone to enjoy, including free concerts every Saturday, a community race series featuring cross-country mountain biking, downhill mountain biking, and trail running, and Idaho's only mountain coaster, which spans 400... 4,330 feet. Additionally, there are many other exciting things to explore up there. And then closing out the quickies with our last story here, Caldwell Man Dies in Motorcycle Crash. This comes by KTVB7 by staff. By request, last Saturday, May 27th, a 20-year-old man from Caldwell was killed while driving a Kawasaki motorcycle. According to police, he hit a barrier at a high speed on eastbound I-84 and then hit a Chevrolet Tahoe. The crash is under investigation. Thank you for listening to the entire podcast. I sincerely hope you found it enjoyable and valuable. If I missed any important points or provided incorrect information, please feel free to reach out to me via email at localyokelidaho2022 at gmail.com or on Twitter by tweeting me at localyokelidaho. As a one-man show, I am not able to cover everything, but I will do my best to cover as much as possible. Thank you for your continued support and assistance. That's all for now, and I wish you a fantastic rest of your week. Godspeed. Godspeed.